Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. First of all, first of all, I've been here all week, and I think this is the fourth or fifth time that I get to preach, and I'm telling you, um, this church is on fire. I mean, what God is doing here is, is crazy. What you're doing for the city is, is incredible, and, and uh, just for a moment, I got a text from my wife this morning that says that um, her and my three boys, Wesley, Micah, and Lucas, are watching. I'm hoping to get some more kids in the next couple years here, so keep me in prayer. Um, <laughs> And so uh, they're watching online. They prayed for me. Love you guys so much. And everybody at the Life LB uh, in Long Beach, I love you. I miss you. Can't wait to be back for Mother's Day next Sunday. But I feel uh, like an honorary team member here at, at River of Life. I got to tell you. And, and I just want to tell you this. Your pastor um, is my pastor. And, and, and it's not a conversation we've had where I'm like, I mean, do you want to be my pastor? You know, or... None of that's happened. It's just that he's, he's done the role of a pastor in my life. He's encouraged me when I felt discouraged. He's, he's cheered me on when I felt God was opening a door. And um, he's, he's directed me, you know, corrected me at times, right? And, and he's been that guy for me. And, and I know you cherish him as much as I do. So can you give it up for Pastor Jason? I love you, sir. I'm with you, man. Today I want to talk about the who's next mentality. I want to talk about the who's next mentality because there's a big thing happening generationally and you'll see it happening whether with companies, businesses, right, churches, organizations and what you'll see is that some organizations blow up and they become this great thing everybody knows about and somehow, um, um, you know, the, the, the star of the show goes away and before you know it, you forget about the organization, right? And, and, and what I love about what's happening here is last night I saw Dalton on a camera. And I saw him on an outreach as well. And what is he, 11 years old, 10 years old? I mean, he's, he's this tall, he's this, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> he's 14 years old and I saw Dalton yesterday with one of those clipper things. I don't know what tools are because I don't use them. I'm from California, obviously. But he's snapping some branches off in, on, on the reservation in Arley, and, and he's doing a work there. And then he got to church, and he's on a camera. And then I, I come this morning, and then I see Hunter on a camera. And I just can't help but think, how many generations are coming through this church? Amen? I just can't help but think how great River of Life is right now, but how much greater it's going to be 10 years from now and 20 years from now. And, and the reason why is this, because you live in an empowered community. Can I get a big amen right now? Yeah. And you see, we want to be the capital C church amen. that empowers others to go on in their walk with Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen? That's the kind of group we want to be. And here's what it says in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. And by the way, if we haven't met, my name is Jonathan. And wait, I don't think I introduced myself and said that, but good to meet you. And shout out to everyone in Malawi at the River of Life outpost there. Can you guys give it up for the River of Life, Malawi? Amazing. Here's what Jeremiah says, chapter 6, verse 16. It says, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. 
Here's, here's God instructing Jeremiah and the people. He's telling the young people here. He's saying, hey, listen, young ones, I know you got some cool ideas. I know you want to go out there and change the world. But start by seeking some advice from someone. And all the parents said a big amen, right? Right? We're young. We're excited. We got this great vision. And so God's instructing Jeremiah. He's saying, hey, tell the people. To, to make sure they don't forget about the people that, you know, they call them older. We call them experienced. Amen. Amen. They're more experienced. They're not older. They're experienced. Right? So what he's saying here is he's saying, hey, young people, do your best to, to go to those who have lived this thing out over the years. And, and, and hook yourself to them because what can tend to happen is this. You have ideas and you think, man, I want to run with this. I know God's called me to do this. No one's going to stop me. I'm going to be everything God's called me to be. But the truth is you won't get to live in the fullness of abundance unless you're willing to take some of the past, right, and some of the experiences that our fathers, our mothers, and, and those before us have in order to walk in the fullness of our future. Can I get a big Amen. amen. And so what we want to do, and what God's telling Jeremiah here is he's saying, stand at the crossroads and, and be people who seek to learn all the time, right? I notice that the, when my pride is kicking in, you'll notice this in conversations. I, I, I say things like this, and maybe you do the same thing. Someone corrects me or someone brings something to my attention, and my response is this. No, I know, I know, yeah, no, I know, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And I'm sure they're thinking in their heads, well, if you know, why aren't you changing, bro? Right? It's the I know mindset. Right? You can't correct. You, you, you know, you, you, if, you, if you're not willing to humble yourself, then, then you can't actually move on and be everything God's called you to be. If you're the I know person, you will be the I won't person. You won't. It, it, it's about looking at the generation before us and saying, what can we take here so that we can go into the next season of our lives and be even stronger? Amen, church? It's a generational thing. But it means that all of us have to have a generational mindset. And here's what Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 18, verse 15. He says, but my people, they're not so reliable. For they have deserted me. They burn incense to worthless idols. They have stumbled off the ancient highways and walk and muddy paths. Do some of you feel that way sometimes about this generation? Maybe sometimes we kind of lose track and, and maybe you see what's happening in our nation or you have political views or, or biblical views and, and, and things you're looking at and you're saying to yourself, man, I, this, this, this America looks way different than the America I grew up in, right? And anybody raise your hand, you feel that way? You're like, man, in my America, man, and, and by the way, the America in Montana looks way different than the America I come from in California. I mean, I drove by, I saw a buffalo, I think he said hi to me. I was like, hi, bro, good morning, man. I'm, I'm like, what's going on over here? I mean, I think I'm going to go shoot some guns today. And then one guy was like, yeah, me and my kids, we shoot guns. And I'm like, your kids? Like, as in that six-year-old right there? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously with me there, I mean, they, they, they'll shoot a squirrel or something. I'm like, I'm calling the cops, you know? <laughs> Bro, this is abuse. This is terrible, right? But sometimes what can happen is this. As you see the next generation rising up, you look at them and you look at where you're at. And the mentality is this, you start going, oh man, they're kind of missing it. Man, there's, there's lack. There's a report that just came out and it, it's crazy. Before the pandemic, it was 57, I don't wanna mess this up, 57% of people in the state of California, where I'm from, um, uh, people claimed um, to have some desire for spirituality. A new report came out 
And 71% of people in California are now saying there's something about spirituality that they're drawn to. Doesn't mean Christianity, doesn't mean, you know, our, you know, what religion, I don't know. But the point is this, our generation is hungrier than it's ever been before. And so if our mentality could shift and say this, I will use my experience, my education, my money. Okay, everybody got quiet, right? And so uh, to pour into the next generation so that they could be everything God's called them to be. Amen. Right? And, and, and so here's kind of a declaration we need to make all together, the church, capital C, the Life LB, Malawi outpost, right, and, and, and Wyoming, right here at River of Life. All of us need to make this declaration in Psalm chapter 78, verses 4 and 6 through 7. It says, we will not hide these truths from our children. Can I get a big amen right now? Amen. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord. Can I get an amen right now? about his power and his mighty wonders, so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children, so each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles, obeying his commands. Can I get a big amen, church? Well, how do we do that? We do that by getting excited about the next generation, not discouraged by the next generation, it happens when we say to ourselves, I'm going to take who I am, where I'm at, what I've gone through. And yes, there's some music out there that I don't even understand what that guy said. Was he mumbling? Did it, was he speaking English? And just kind of not even know what he, what, what he said. And instead say to yourself, well, what can I do to equip this generation for what God has? Because let me tell you, this generation, we are a dynamic generation. We're a dynamic generation. Generation, Exodus chapter 3, verse 15 says this. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. God is saying, look, in the same way that he was your God, he wants to be my God too. And in the same way that he was your God, he wants to be your grandson's God too. Or or the crazy kid that you're kind of like, oh, Lord, I don't know. There's God, I mean, Lord. Can, I, who's gonna, how, how do we even get this guy to church, right? Well, what he's saying here is, hey, God is so in love with humanity that he's always thinking. He, he's extending his blessing, not just to Abraham or, or Isaac, but Jacob too. He's saying it, it goes all the way down. And so we must, we have to, in order for the church to continue to grow and be everything God's called it to be, we have to think next generation. I have to start thinking that now. I'm, I'm 33 years old, and let, let me tell you, my biggest goal in life is not to have a lot of money. It'd be nice to. Can I get an amen, right? <laughs> right? It's not to have the hottest wife. You know, I do, but whatever, you know. It's not about that. Um, honestly, here's my, my biggest dream in life is this, that I would set an example. Yeah. That's it. I don't want my kids to tell me. I don't want my kids to tell me, like, I, you know, I, I'm not big. I, I, don't, I don't go to my kids and say, you must declare Jesus is Lord in your life, brother. I don't do that to my kids. I don't push Jesus in their faces. Here's what I try to do. I just try to live for Jesus. Yeah. Right? I try to honor my wife, right, the best I can. Because guess what? You know, kids don't, don't, don't do what you say, right? They do what they see, right? Amen. And so we're raising up another generation. And whether you like it or not, you're a part of the, pro- the, the, the solution. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> Almost lost the church and the problem sometimes. I think we can all be sometimes. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. So we're a dynamic generation. Number two is this. We are a diverse generation. We're a diverse generation. And I, and I, I want to talk to you about this for, for the silent generation or the boomer generation 
um, the X generation's life was slow-paced. Before, life was slow-paced. Faith was a shared value. This isn't me saying this. This isn't just Bible. These are facts. In America, faith used to be a shared value. I could say, God bless you to you, and you'd be like, oh, God bless you too. I'd be like, well, God bless you. No, God bless you. And ha, ha, ha. And we'd go on our way. You get your wife in the car, you know. And it used to be a shared value. Today, you say, God bless you, and somebody says, I'm offended. It's different now. It used to be a shared value. It used to be a shared value. Now, now we have to be extra careful on what we say, how we say it, and who we say it to, right? Right? It used to be a shared value. Trust, back in the day, was a high level. Those generations in the past, they had a high trust level for a commercial that came out on TV or something being sold. Uh, it wasn't necessarily much skepticism about what someone was selling as much uh, back in the old days. Plus, there wasn't as many products going out or as many things in your face. Um, if you saw facts on the news back 60 years ago, you just believed what you saw. Don't get mad at me. Don't say, well, I, except for me. Everybody else in my generation was like that, but not me, right? <laughs> not me. We're a diverse generation. The millennial generation, the Gen Z generation, life is, is frantic. It's not slow, slow pace anymore. Welcome to the new world. It's not slow pace and looking forward to Sunday, get in God's house, amen, and worship, back to work, nine to five, get back home. Oh, man, feels good. Leaving inheritance, man, God is good. Now life is frantic. Everybody wants to be something. Right? I mean, sometimes I, can, I think about being the next YouTube star, and I'm like, bro, I'm, just, I'm past my time now. <laughs> With how fast these guys are exploding. I mean, there's that kid, Ryan. He made $31 million in one year. Wow. It's like it's happening so fast. Well, this generation's life is, is frantic. Faith isn't a shared value anymore. These are just facts, guys. Faith is no longer a shared value. Now, faith is at the margins. It's, it's a thing of like, faith, well, what does that mean? You know, faith in what? You know, and, and there's all kinds, of, it's just, it, it, it's, it's weird. It's, it's a weird conversation to talk about faith. Trust, trust is broken with our generation. We can't trust anybody. I mean, you're like, hey, for $5.99, and, you know, we're going to sell you this. And you're like, uh, it's probably some lie somewhere. And sure enough, there's fine print that says, but you're never getting it. You know, you're like, oh, man. <laughs> right? There's so much fine print nowadays. I mean, they would promote a medication back in the day, and it'd be cool, but now, now they do the commercial, and the fine print is longer than the commercial. Can I get an amen right now? <laughs> it may cause diseases like, duh, 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 and they just go a whole, down a whole list, and you're like, bro, I thought this was a commercial about you know, this pill real quick, and you made it seem like this person was jogging and so healthy and good. I'm like, man, I'm going to die? You know? <laughs> this generation has trouble, has trouble trusting it's hard to trust because everyone's got something they're selling. Everyone's got some agenda. And so I hope you understand that, that for us sometimes, of course, we're giving you the little eye like, man, I don't know. You know, I don't know who's on my side. I don't know if my mom's on my dad's on my I don't know who's who. Right? Believe it or not, it is a thing in our generation. The next thing is this. Morality. Now, morality used to be, you know, it used to, you know, all kind of be about a high moral standard. You guys had high moral standards. The generation, not, not you guys, not all of you, but like literally, I mean, the generations before had high moral standards. In today's, today's culture, um, millennials and Gen Z have a moral tolerance now. Now it's about, you know, and everybody believe you believe it, I believe my, well, cool. 
you know? Back in the day, it was a, a high moral standard that for the most part, everybody kind of agreed on. This is what a lady is, you know, this is what a man's like, you know, and this is how things go, and this is how, there's a man, he's the head of the household, right? And a woman, and then, you know, she, she stay at home for the most part, she, she's at home, you know, she takes care of home. And, but now this generation, things are moving so fast, one income household doesn't do it anymore. Things are so crazy, generations are changing so fast, but we're also, we're also a disconnected generation. I mean, as connected as you would assume we are, the millennial generation, the Gen Z generation, we're actually more disconnected than ever. With suicide rates at the highest they've ever been. With depression, man, people are, eight-year-olds, they're coming out, reports that eight-year-olds are having to take medication because they're so depressed, church. Are you tracking with me here? It's, the most, it's a disconnected generation. And, and here's what it says in Judges 17, verse 6. It says, in those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Now, we're a, a disconnected generation. And it's so hard to know what to hold on to, you know, where to kind of reach out to and, and, and who to really, how to move towards the future now. I, I hope that to an extent... We're at least not just sympathizing, but empathizing with the current generation because of just how much this generation's carrying right now, of how much is happening. I mean, we're in between, wait, do I build my career first just so I could barely make enough money, start paying off my debt, pay off my school loans? On average, uh, a, 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 a student at, at, at uh, 20 years of age is $100,000 in debt, college loans alone. And we're like, go dream for Jesus. He's like, bro, I'm just trying to pay my, I don't even know if I could pay my college loans. It's an intense time for this generation. And, and this is something that um, Margaret Mead, she's a cultural anthropologist, this is what she says. She says, throughout human history, in all cultures, parents and grandparents have helped their young understand life and the future. However, I anticipate that a time is coming where technology and culture changes so fast that for the first time in human history, children will have to figure out for themselves what their values will be. I mean, you have to understand, just uh, my kids don't even know what a telephone wire is. Do you understand? I mean, I mean if you're 70 years old right now, you're, you're still blown away by the fact that I can just FaceTime my wife and see her on my screen right here, right now if I wanted to. In fact, should I FaceTime her? No, I'm joking. No, but it can happen. I mean, we're to the point now where, where Pastor Jason, probably in the next 10 years, is, is, isn't even going to be up here, but he's going to be up here in one of his, uh, what is it called? Um, holograms. Dude, you just don't know. He'll be at home eating Cheerios, but yet he's up here preaching a sermon. What's happening? This is moving fast. See, back in the day, you'd pass it on, and, you know, my, well, my father told me once, and, you know, not no more. Now your father's trying to figure it out himself while he's trying to teach you something at the same time. Now children know more than their parents. Now, now, now children help their parents access their bank accounts on their phones because they don't know how to access their bank accounts. What's happening? It's moving fast, baby. It's moving fast. So, so what do we do? What do we do? How, how do we move forward? And the truth is, you can see this as a problem, or you can see this as a great harvest. 
Luke chapter 10, verse 2 says this. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers in the harvest field. Amen, church? It's a harvest. There's a harvest out there of young people that actually need more desperately than ever before the gospel right here, right now. I mean, we have the greatest hope for humanity, and it it is called grace and forgiveness through believing and trusting in Jesus Christ. I mean, just, just think about it. Think about it. People are trying to work so hard to be something today. With Jesus, you don't work for love. You work from love. Right? You don't work for acceptance. You work from acceptance. And could you imagine if we get this generation to realize in their souls, in their spirits, that they're already 100% loved and that there's nothing they could do to qualify for more love or extra guarantees or, you know, is this limited edition? Will there be enough? Come buy it now before it runs out. This doesn't happen. There's more than enough. It's the love of Jesus. It's the gospel. Right? And so here's what we're to do. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. What's, what's Paul saying here? He's saying, I learned something. I've experienced God. I've had encounters with the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Let's not stop there, church. Let's keep doing the serve days. Let's keep showing up every week. Let's start looking at places or, or, or people we can kind of adopt in our youth group and say, how can I serve them? Maybe, maybe this week the prayer is, okay, get together with your wife or get together with your spouse and say, okay, we got to talk to Hunter this week about what, what are the needs of the youth and how can we specifically spot or, or help a kid or, or be a part of be, making an impact for the next generation. Can I get a big amen right now? Amen. Right? We're passing on what we also received. And I'm so blessed when I have three adorable boys. I feel grateful. And, and I'm, I'm doing everything I can. To be honest, I mean, church is great. But, man, I would, I mean, I'd stop pastoring if it meant I needed to focus in on my kiddos. Because at the end of the day, it's the, I mean, for me, church starts at home. Can I get an amen right now? It has to start at home. I mean, my goal is to have a Hunter and a Logan. I mean, could you imagine? I'm, I'm sure Pastor Jason and Shannon would tell you there were some ups and some downs. I mean, he said amen too strong, huh? And then Hunter's back there, and he's like, but you know what they did? They showed up. They set the example. What, what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? He, he, he passed on whatever it was he learned. He passed on whatever it was he learned. Second, Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 2 says this. You then, my sons and daughters, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others so now that now this message has to shift a little bit if you're a young person you're a millennial right i'm barely a millennial you know but i'm still there i'm still young i'm holding on i mean paul's now instructing timothy here to a young pastor guy he's probably about 25 years old at this time and he's saying to him i need you to make sure that that as you're trying to follow jesus you're going to need to entrust some things to some reliable people who will be qualified, right, to teach others. Submission, the word submission, it's sub, right, under. The mission, right? In order to grow and meet the goals God has for you, you're going to have to get under submission. Under the mission of, of those before us to learn from them 
so that we can continue passing it on. Can I get a big amen? amen? It's where we're at today. We're at a place now where it's not just about raising your own family now. And as much as that's key and, and, and important, now it's about, man, there's so many homes without a father. I mean, straight up, I mean, no matter where you stand, on what side you stand on, we know that the effect of not, not having a father in the home is huge. It's big. And so we personally receive from God, and then we intentionally pass it on to others. That's what God's calling us to do together. So in this generation, if you're hearing this right now, my, my, my Gen Z and millennials, what is truth is really the big question right now. Because there's so many lies out there. There's so many things being said, it's kind of like, dang, who can I trust? You know, yeah, my mom says the good old Lord, but man, I don't know for myself, right? And so, so, so what, is, what is truth? John chapter 18, verse 37 through 38, and Jesus was about to be crucified. They had him meet with Pilate just before he, he did get um, crucified, and Pilate was a ruler, and, and he was in charge of, you know, kind of deciding, uh, you know, Roman guy. He's like, you know, man, uh, you know, I'll kind of decide whether or not, you know, we're going to, you know, crucify this guy or kind of find out more about him. But he was drawn to Jesus somehow. He's something about Jesus, you know, his, his demeanor, his way that he carried himself. Pilate started talking to Jesus, and this is a conversation. Pilate said, so you are a king. Jesus responded to him, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. So then Pilate responds to God in the same way that this generation is responding to God. And Pilate says, what is truth? What is truth, Pilate asked. And John 17, verse 17, it says, sanctify them by the truth. And then it says this, your word is truth. Amen. Let me tell you, I know the Bible's old as far as a book you know, it's a book. In fact, when the Bible first came out, it was the most revolutionary iPhone idea of all time. <laughs> you have to understand, books weren't a big thing. Actually, the word, the word Bible just means the book. Like, the book. <laughs> and it, it's incredible, right? Man, many different writers, but there's just one author. Amen? Yeah. Uh, all kinds of languages, all kinds of cultures, ethnicities. I mean, you have women, uh, women writing stuff. I mean... Like, women were, were writing some of these books at a time where women, I mean, why do you even talk to that man? Or why are you even, I mean, the Bible is so revolutionary and ahead of its time that don't, don't get it twisted. Just because it's an old book doesn't mean it's an old idea. Can I get an amen right now? Amen. So what's the truth? His word's the truth. Amen. How do we grow? His word. Amen. How do we parent? His word. Yeah. Actually, there's a really cool uh, in, per, parent instruction in here. And one of them was actually that... Um, um, uh, an instruction, I think it's in Deuteronomy, um, I'm lying to you, it's in Leviticus. And they say, hey, parents, whatever you do, don't allow your kids to touch fire. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's amazing, you know? <laughs> it's like, because they'll get, they'll get hurt, you know? And so it's one of the instructions, it's kind of funny when I saw it, and maybe it's not as funny for you. <laughs> whatever. But if a family member comes to Christ, watch this, the influence they have on the rest of the family coming to Christ, okay, these are the percentages, Stay with me here. If the wife comes to Christ, there's an 18% chance that the whole family is going to come to Christ. If, if the kids come to Christ first, there's a 22% chance, according to these studies, that, that the family will also come to Christ. If the dad comes to Christ, 
there's a 94% chance that the whole family comes to God. You scared me when you did that, bro. Oh, man. 94% chance. But the question is, where are the fathers, right? I mean, you, you, you look at, at, at families and, and, and fathers are being ripped out of homes. And, and, and man, there's many reasons. And, and, and this is not a guilt thing at all whatsoever, whatsoever. This is just facts of the role of a dad in the home. And you may be the single mom that says, I was a single mom and a dad. I could see my mom right now. She's watching. She's like, no, mijo, I was a, uh, mijo, I was a father and I was a mother. My mom will literally text me on Father's Day. Mijo, why did you get me, mijo? Come on. And I get it. And my mom, listen, my mom worked three jobs. I mean, she would make breakfast and dinner in the morning and then leave us a note like, hey, you have your enchiladas. Can I get an amen right now? And they're in the fridge. And, I mean, for sure, I'm so blessed. I feel so grateful. But the truth is that there's just no role like the father's role. There's no role like the mother's role. I mean, there are times where I get hurt and I still think, Mom, was, I, was that a confession I shouldn't have made in church? <laughs> but I did. And I don't care what you think. So it doesn't matter. So where do I belong? Psalm 68, verse 6. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing the, but the rebellious, they live in a sun-scorched land. Listen to me. If you're doing life alone and not within the family of God, you're in trouble. Yeah. Hey, if you're in a, a questionable state right now where you're wondering where this faith thing comes from and if you believe this whole thing, that's cool. Process it within God's house. Yeah. I have doubts, too. I wish I could say I doubted, you know, God, you know, six months ago or a year ago or actually 15 years ago when I first got saved. And you know what? But sometimes I still have my doubts. Sometimes I still struggle. Sometimes I still get discouraged. And what I do, instead of running away, is by the grace of God, I've got people in my life like Pastor Jason that I can, I can watch just the way he leads, just the way he lives, and say, ah, that's what it looks like. When I'm trying to find the picture of what this thing looks like, following Jesus, building a church, loving your family, raising great kids. How do I do this? Trying to build a business. Oh, my, I'm trying to figure it all out. And, and I, it's just great to know that the next generation in my situation is saying, anything you need, we're right here. You need some ideas? You need some help? Oh, you can do this. You can change that. I'm even in church right now. He's, we're, we're talking about speakers. And I'm like, man, I don't know what speaker system. You know, we're trying to look for a building. And, and he's like, well, you can actually do this. And there's a boasting. And, you know, actually, I'll show him to you at church. Still hasn't shown him to me, but we're going to see him after church. And so <laughs> what is he doing? He's saying, man, anything you need. I, I, I have information. I have experience. I've had failures. I've had, I've had successes. Let me share them with you so that you can be everything God's called you to be. Can you guys give God some praise that that's the kind of pastor you got? Right? It's a blessing to be able to, to give and serve the next generation. So the, the question next is, does my life matter? Does my life really matter? I mean, of course you're going to say, yes, your life. I mean, who are you going to, you're going to tell them that their life matters. Of course. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, for we are God's secondary idea. Uh, kind of a masterpiece here and there sometimes. Um, but he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the okay things he planned for us, kind of planned for us. He was busy, but he kind of planned it long ago. <laughs> oh, bro, right? No. 
For we are God's masterpiece. Can you shout masterpiece? Masterpiece. Masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he's planned for us. Long ago, listen, God is a planner. He's intentional. I mean, before you were in your mother's womb, he says, I knew you. And then he says to Jeremiah, he says, and I set you apart to be a prophet. He had a purpose for you, right? God didn't make you and then go, oh, man, things are busy right now, but I'll find something for you to do tomorrow. Just come back, child. All right, come back. We'll talk about it. No, he saw the problem, and then he made the solution. He saw the issue, and he says, I got the, oh, I'm going to knit this person in their mother's womb right now. She'll be out in about nine months. Get ready, problem over there. He's that good. He saw the problem, and then he created you to solve them. That's why we do 10 projects in East Missoula and all around and Arley, and, and we're chopping wood and, or firewood, and, and, and we're doing these outreaches. The, the reason why is we're saying, oh, we're the solution to the problem. We believe God's called us to be the solution to the problem. We believe God's going to raise up a generation to love Jesus with all they've got and that the older generation, the more experienced generation is going to say, whatever you need so that you can lead others to Jesus, come on over here, baby, take my hand and let's go. Amen? That's what I'm talking about. And so here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right where you're at if you wouldn't mind. And maybe you're around a young person right now and, and you're a, a more experienced person. Not older, experienced. And, and you've got a lot of experiences, a lot of successes, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. Maybe you're watching online. You've got your kid with you. Put your hand on your child right now. Even if they're doing the kicking thing and they're like, Mom, I want to go play. You know, just, just for a second. Just hold them. I mean, sometimes I hold my kids and, and, and show no emotion. Like if I'm, I'm trying to keep nobody, nobody else. I, I just grab his arm. I'm like, no, stay here, son. And then it'll be like, you know, you, know, you know when they just drop their body, dead weight? They just drop their body. And then I'm like, Ugh. And I'm like, Ugh. And then I'm like, no, that's all I've got. But, but, but what, what I'm trying to do is just, man, I have as many experiences with these little guys because it's happening so freaking fast. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm excited to have them out of the house one day, of course. Just to be with Katie. You know, she's the dream for me. She's the best decision besides following Jesus that I've ever made, for sure, hands down. But anyways, if you've got a young person next to you, a son, daughter, a family member, someone, here's what I want to do right now. And if, and if there's not someone next to you, maybe put your hand on the person in front of you, wherever you're at. Here's what I want to do. I kind of want to do a transfer right now. A generational transfer of blessing, of favor, an impartation of, of, of I'm here for you. I believe, God's got, I believe God's got great things, and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure I'm handing it down to you. Any experiences I've got, any failures I've got, I'm going to be an open book. I'm going to keep it 100. I'm going to be real with you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I know you can't trust a lot of things, but you can trust me on this. That's what we need in God's house. We need some, some men of God to say, man, look, hey, I, we'll talk. If you want to go that, let's, let's go deep and talk about it. We'll walk with you on this. That's this kind of church. And so what I want to do is I want us to all raise our voices in just a moment. And I want you to start declaring health and life over your children. A spirit of peace in their minds and in their hearts. Praying for, for, for God to give them clarity about where they go, that they wouldn't leave, live confused going, where do I go? What happens next? But that we would, we, would, we would be a strong tower for our children by the grace of God. That we'd be, we'd be useful for the kingdom of God. Amen? So just put your hand on them right now. If you're around a youth or you know, anything like that, put your hand on them. And, and here's what we're going to do. I want you to pray with me. I don't want to be the only one praying. I want you praying with me. And we're going to sing this song and we're going we're gonna to worship. 
I just want you to take this time to kind of sit with God. I'm not calling anyone to the front today. I'm just, I'm just going to ask you right where you're at to, to begin praying for someone. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you right now. Come on, church. I want to hear you praying. God, I thank you that our sons and our daughters, Lord, that they're going to grow up to love you, to worship you, that Lord, our children will grow up in the peace of, of a good home, not a perfect home, a good home. That, Lord, we, we will use everything in our power to point our children to you, not just by what we say, not just by the Bible verse frame thing on the wall, but by the life we live. Father, I just pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that our young people will grow up and that they would see the greatest revival of all time in the church. And that it would be suddenly to many, but to us, it would be that we, we made the sacrifice to equip, to encourage, to empower the next generation, Father. Lord, I pray that if it's, if it's accepting new music or if it's, if it's, if it's taking a new chance or, or helping them start something, Father, use us for your glory so that we can empower people for the kingdom of God. I pray for our, our sons and daughters right now. Lord, you know them in a way we don't know them. You know the struggles. There's so much coming out all at the same time. Are you, are you doing Instagram? Are you doing TikTok? Twitter's like way old, right? Facebook, oh my, that's old. And then before you know it, there's some new thing coming out next week. Lord, may, may we be founded on you. May our foundation be Jesus. Father, we pray, we pray that our children, that their foundation would be Jesus. I pray for my sons, Wesley, Micah, Lucas and the children to come. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, we would build our lives on the rock of Jesus. Let the world shake, but we'll stand on the rock of Jesus. Amen, church? And, Father, we declare over our children that, Lord, they will be the head and not the tail. That, Lord, I, we, we pray confidence over our children. Father, we, we pray against the spirit of confusion, any attack from the enemy that would try to keep them from being everything God's called them to be. Father, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that the gifts, the talents, the weirdness, that's all good stuff you're going to use to build your kingdom, God. I pray at school, at home, with friendships, wherever it is we go, that, Father, our children would grow up to know that it's not even the sermon they preach on a stage anymore, but the life they live that preaches the best. Father, I pray that whatever is in our hand, we would put it to use. We'd be everything you called us to be. That, Father, we wouldn't compare. I pray against the spirit of comparison in this culture. In Gen Z and millennials, the, the, the spirit of, of comparison, having to keep up, trying to keep up with those guys and, and trying to get the new thing and, and trying to, to listen to the new song and, and trying to hurry up just to get into the new thing, the new words, the new slang terminology. Father, I pray that, that we wouldn't be founded on those things. We can laugh at them. But that, Lord, our, 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 our identity would, found in you, would be founded in you. That, that the one who designed us gets to define us. Amen, church? The one who designed us gets to define us. That, Lord, we won't make decisions based on emotions alone, Father, but that we would make decisions based on your word. Amen, church. Father, I pray that, that more than a, the Bible in their hand, Father, we desire the Bible in their hearts, Father. We desire the Bible in their hearts, God. And, Lord, we trust you with our children. And, Lord, we put you to the test in your faithfulness. And we know we know that you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
and the father of every person in this room and you're calling us into a relationship with you so if that's you today young person maybe you're more experienced and you'd say man i've been following jesus but i i need i need to turn my attention to this next generation and not ignore them not turn my attention away from them not not judge them not not misrepresent them not not talk down to them no 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 today the next generation found a partner in jesus name today the next generation found a supporter and encourager in jesus name and so if that's you today you want to make a decision to follow jesus i'm going to ask you to bow your heads close your eyes right where you're at right now and just repeat this prayer after me and, and, and the prayer is not some guarantee it's 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 the surrender in your heart that's the guarantee so if that's you today together as a church we're going to join you in making a decision to follow jesus and make a difference for the next generation if that's you today and you want to make a decision to follow jesus starting today we're going to pray this prayer nice and loud with you repeat this prayer after me and say dear god today i make a decision to follow you jesus use me to serve the next generation jesus thank you for accepting me as i am but loving me too much to keep me that way jesus you died for me and now i'm gonna live for you in jesus name i pray and everybody said a big come on amen come on church celebrating god's house man Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. 